اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 34 سورۃ البقرہ آیہ نمبر 256 اللہ سز لا اکراہ فی الدین there is no compulsion in religion لا اکراہ اکراہ is from کافراہ and it is to force someone to do something that they don't want to do so لا اکراہ فی الدین Allah is telling us that There is no compulsion in religion. Meaning if someone is forced to become Muslim, they don't become Muslim because they've been forced. Even if they say, La ilaha illallah, they're not Muslim because La ikraha fi deen. A person only becomes Muslim when they say it with their heart. So La ikraha fi deen. And La ikraha fi deen is also a prohibition that don't force anyone. La ikraha fi deen. And deen means Islam. Religion, Islam. And the word deen is used for amal, for action. So worship, acts of obedience to Allah. And also it applies to the recompense for the deeds. Like for example, yawmuddin, day of recompense. So, la ikraha fi deen. When it comes to compulsion in religion, it could be of two types. One is that a person is forced to accept, despite their reluctance, despite their hesitation, they don't want to, but they're forced into it. And this is what is being forbidden over here. That don't force people. Don't force them to accept when they don't want to. In Surah Al-Ghashiyah, Allah says to the Messenger Wasallam, إِنَّمَا أَنْتَ مُذَكِّرٌ لَسْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ بِمُسَيْطِرٌ You're only someone who reminds. You're not to force people. You're not to control them. And the second type of force is that when a person has accepted Islam, then they're forced to follow the rules. When someone says that they're Muslim, then they are Forced, they're obliged to follow the rules. And if they don't, then they're punished. And this kind of forcing, is that allowed or not? It should be done. This is just like driving is a privilege. Is it a right? Is it a right? No. Can you force someone to get a driver's license? No. You can tell someone for years, but if they don't want to, they'll never get it. But... Once someone gets their driver's license, then do they have to follow the rules of the road? Yes. And if they don't, will they be held accountable? Will they have to suffer the consequences? Yes. So likewise, no one can be forced to become Muslim. Just as no one can be forced to get a driver's license, no one can be forced to become Muslim. But once someone has a driver's license, someone has become Muslim, then they are required to follow the rules. And those in power are going to make them follow the rules. So for example, the police officers, the traffic police, they're going to make you follow the rules. And if you don't, you'll be punished. When you're Muslim, there are certain things expected of you. Just like from a driver, there are certain things expected of you. I mean, driver's license is only valid when he's on the road. When he's sitting in the house with the license, it's irrelevant. Likewise, when I'm giving you this example, then what it means is that as a Muslim, when you eat, when you drink, when you work, when you spend your day and your night, then your Islam is relevant. Just as when you're on the road, then your driver's license is relevant. In the home, it's not relevant. But Islam is a complete way of life. You could also understand this as if a person is a Canadian citizen. If they're not a Canadian citizen, they're not required to follow the rules of being Canadian citizen. But when they are, then they have to follow the rules whether they're in Canada or outside of Canada. 
even if they're outside of Canada and they say something against the government or they try to harm the people of the country or they don't follow the rules of being a citizen, then as soon as they're caught, they'll be prosecuted. So, la ikraha fi deen, there is no compulsion in religion. Many people misuse this verse and they say, la ikraha fi deen, don't tell me to pray. La ikraha fi deen, don't tell me to fast. La ikraha fi deen, don't tell me to wear hijab. Don't teach me. I'm fine the way I am. But the fact is that la ikraha fi deen, this is not forcing people to accept, to become Muslim. Why? Because Allah says, قَدْ تَبَيَّنَ الرُّشْتُ مِنَ Certainly, the right way has been made clear from the wrong way. Guidance has been distinguished from misguidance. What is rushd? Rushd from the root letters rashin dal is the right and proper conduct and it's used for guidance. And al-ghay is the opposite of that. Ghayn wawiya, error, misguidance, perversion. Misguidance that is with regards to religion. So the right way has been made clear from the wrong way. After learning the Ayatul Kursi, is it not clear that who is God and who is not? Is it not clear? Yes, it is. It's very clear. So when the truth has been made distinct from falsehood, from the wrong way, from misguidance, then people should not be forced. Upon realizing the truth, people should accept and submit with their own will. And if they don't, it's their choice. This is why, لا إكراه في الدين. And when the truth has been made clear, you don't need to force anyone. لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي. The question is, how is guidance made distinct from misguidance? How? In several ways. First of all, Allah sent the Quran to clarify guidance from misguidance. وَنَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ تِبِيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ In Surah Al-Nahla 89, that Allah sent the book as an explanation for everything. So, in the Qur'an it is very clear what is right, what is wrong, what is guidance, what is misguidance. Likewise, through the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. In Surah An-Nahla 44, Allah says, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ The Messenger ﷺ, he clarified the Qur'an. He clarified what is right, what is wrong. What is guidance, what is error. Likewise, we see through the way of the Prophet ﷺ, his manners, his practice, in his manner of worship, the manner of him dealing with people, calling people to Allah, even that made very clear that he was upon guidance. What he was calling to is right. And what he's calling people away from is wrong. The people, when they saw Muhammad ﷺ, when they read his story, when they read his example, they know that this man was not misguided. Likewise, through the way of the companions, the khulafa, the other companions as well. The right way was made clear from the wrong way. The right way became clear from the wrong way. This is why the people who say that Islam spread by force, by the power of the sword, this is a false claim. This is a completely false claim. Because when people accepted Islam, they knew it to be the truth. They recognized it to be the truth. And you know about the stories. The stories of so many people who knew that it was the truth, yet they avoided it, but for whatever reason, and eventually, they did surrender, they did submit. And they were happier. They were more successful then. So, قَدْ تَبَيَّنَ الرُّشْدُ مِنَ الْغَيْءِ Allah says, فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ So whoever denies the طَاغُوتِ طَاغُوتِ is from the root letters, طَاغَيْنِيَا And طَغِي is to cross limits. طُغْيَانِ Rebellion. طَاغُوتِ 
is a term that is used for anyone, for any slave, because everyone is a servant of Allah, for any slave that exceeds the realm of servitude to Allah, that goes out of the bounds of servitude to Allah. Whether it comes up in the form of a false god, or a leader who is followed, or someone who is obeyed. So basically, anyone who does not remain a servant, gets out of the bounds of servitude to Allah, and comes out as someone who is worshipped, someone who is followed, or someone who is obeyed. Three things. Someone who is worshipped, followed, or obeyed. This includes shaitan. This includes idols even. This includes anything that is worshipped besides Allah. Anyone who calls to other than Allah. Anyone who tells people to disobey Allah. Anyone who does not allow people to obey Allah. What is that? What is that? It could be at a very large scale. It could be even at a very small scale. At a very large scale, like for example, shaitan, iblis. At a very small scale, for example, if a person is not allowing someone to pray, not allowing someone to do something right, then they're becoming like a taghut. So Allah says, whoever disbelieves in the taghut, what does it mean by kufr of taghut? That a person does not worship it. A person does not obey it, does not follow it, does not listen to it. Because taghut is calling to disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is calling away from Allah. And we are to go to Allah after knowing Allahu la ilaha illahu. So, فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ And he also believes in Allah. Then this person, فَقَدْ Then in fact, istamsaka He has held on to. What is he holding on to? بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى With the most firm handhold. Istamsaka from Meem Sin Kaf. Mask. أَمْسِكُوهُنَّ إِمْسَاكُمْ بِمَعْرُوفِ What does it mean? To hold on to something. And istimsak, the extra letters, give extra meaning. So istamsaka, it shows that he has firmly held on to. He has a very firm grasp. Istamsaka. And what is he firmly holding on to? Al-urwa, that is al-wusqa. Al-urwa, from the root letters, ayn rawaw. And urwa is used for a handle or a latch that a person holds on for stability. So for example, you're going in a bus and you're standing, there's no seat. What are you going to hold on to? What are you going to hold on to? An urwa. Because if you don't, then as the bus turns, you're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. So this is al-urwa. But sometimes, some handles that you may be holding, they break or they snap. Why? Because they're weak. But Allah says that this person who disbelieves in the taghut and believes in Allah, then he is holding on to the urwa that is al-wusqa. Wusqa from the root letters wa thaqaf and wusqa is that which can never ever break. Extremely firm, extremely strong. Same root as the word misaq. Covenant, firm covenant. And wusqa, extremely firm unbreaking, that can never break. So the one who believes in Allah, turns to Allah, leaves all false gods, then he's holding on to the most firm handhold. And this handhold, if he holds on to it, Allah says, لَن فِصَامَ لَهَا لَا Never, in فِصَامَ Any breaking لَهَا for it. Meaning this, 
This handhold is never ever going to break. It's never even going to crack. Infisam fa sad mim fasum. Fasum is a crack in something. And a crack means that very soon that thing is going to break. So this handle is never ever going to break. What does it mean? What does this refer to? What this ayah is telling us is that when a person gets rid of shirk from his life, only then can he depend on Allah. When a person shuns everything that calls him to disobedience to Allah, everything, and relies only on Allah, then his iman is strong. And then his iman will never ever break. So this urwatul wuthqa is referring to iman that will never finish, that will never break. When? When a person gets rid of shirk and turns to Allah. So in other words, you have to get rid of ghayr Allah from your heart in order to turn to Allah fully. When you want to turn to Allah, when you want to worship Allah, what is it that stops you? What is it that prevents you? Sometimes it's your desires. Sometimes it's the people. Sometimes it's the things that you own. Sometimes it's the peer pressure. So all of these things are what? Like ghayr Allah, other than Allah. And they're calling, they're pulling you. You have to shun them. I'm not saying that leave everything and everyone and go live in a cave. No. What I'm saying is that you have to disobey them when they're calling you to disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're not going to listen to them. Only then can you fully turn to Allah. You have to get rid of ghayr Allah from your heart to have Allah. Human beings by nature, they're dependent on others. Human beings cannot be independent. When we're young, we depend on who? Our families, our friends. When we're older, we depend on our spouses. When we're even older, people depend on their children. And if a person feels that, oh, I don't need my spouse, I can live on my own, then who do they depend on? The government. It's a misconception that some women have, that, oh, I don't need my husband, I can survive on my own. And they get rid of the husband and they're like, oh, where do I live? Okay, let's get some help from the government. So you're depending on the government now. Let's get help from the parents. So the point that I'm making here is that people by nature are not independent. They need to rely on something, on someone for help, for care, for assistance. And the only perfect being who is able to take care of you, to help you, who will never ever abandon you is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who will never disappoint you. You expect from your parents, a time will come when you will get disappointed. You expect from your husband, a time will come when even he will disappoint you. You expect from your children, a time will come when they will even disappoint you. You expect from the government, a time will come when the government will also disappoint you. You expect from your money, even that will disappoint you. Nothing is worth relying on. Nothing at all. The only being who is deserving of this, that you rely on him, you turn to him, you expect from him, you hope from him, is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why you should love Him the most and pray to Him the most and beg Him the most and not others. And if a person does that, then Allah says, فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى He's holding on to the most firm handle. Then such a person will remain stable no matter what he's going through in life. No matter what he's going through in life. 
he will remain stable because he knows Allah is there. He is Al-Hay, he is Al-Qayyum, he is always available. He's never too busy for me. My husband gets too busy for me. My parents get too busy for me. I have no money. But only Allah can provide for you. لَنْفِصَامَ لَهَا وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ Look at these names. Allah is Samir. He is hearing. He hears you when you call upon Him. And He's Alim. He knows what you're going through. So the one who recognizes Allah, only He can believe in Him. And such a person does not despair. He knows that there is a Lord who will never abandon Him. Who will not leave Him. So we see that Tawheed, the belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it gives a person stability in life. It gives a person Firmness in life. This is what gives a person confidence. And always, whenever something is calling you towards itself, that you disobey Allah and you listen to them, or you please them, then ask yourself, is it as powerful as Allah? Is it as great as Allah? Is it as Al-Hay? Is it as Al-Qayyum? No. So does it deserve or does Allah deserve my obedience? Only Allah. This is why Allah says, Allahu waliyyu alladheena amanu. Allah, He is the friend, the protector of those people who believe. Wali, from Waulam Ya. He befriends them, He protects them, He helps them. Who? Those who believe. One of the fruits of Iman is that Allah guides the believer. Human beings by nature, they're dependent on others. Human beings cannot be independent. When we're young, we depend on who? Our families, our friends. When we're older, we depend on our spouses. When we're even older, people depend on their children. And if a person feels that, oh, I don't need my spouse, I can live on my own, then who do they depend on? The government. It's a misconception that some women have, that, oh, I don't need my husband, I can survive on my own. And they get rid of the husband and they're like, oh, where do I live? Okay, let's get some help from the government. So you're depending on the government now. Let's get help from the parents. So the point that I'm making here is that people by nature are not independent. They need to rely on something, on someone for help, for care, for assistance. And the only perfect being who is able to take care of you, to help you, who will never ever abandon you, is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who will never disappoint you. You expect from your parents, a time will come when you will get disappointed. You expect from your husband, a time will come when even he will disappoint you. You expect from your children, a time will come when they will even disappoint you. You expect from the government, a time will come when the government will also disappoint you. You expect from your money, even that will disappoint you. Nothing is worth relying on. Nothing at all. The only being who is deserving of this, that you rely on him, you turn to him, you expect from him, you hope from him, is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why you should love Him the most and beg Him and not others. And if a person does that, then he realizes Allah is there. Allah, the greatest one, is there. Yes, I have no control over my situation, but Allah does. Yes, I am unable. I am limited in my strength, in my ability. But Allah can help me. Allah can save me. So this person can survive. Allahu waliyyu alladheena amanu yukhrijuhum he takes them out min al-dhulumati ila nur from the darknesses to the light a person is in darkness Allah takes him out and brings him into the light but who the one who has iman 
What is this zulumat? Different types of zulumat, different types of darknesses. It could be ignorance, it could be sin, it could even be disbelief. Ignorance, a person has no idea how to even worship Allah, how to even please Him. A person doesn't know what the Qur'an says, but he has that desire, he has that iman. Allah will give him the ability to understand. Allah will give him knowledge. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ A person is in confusion. What should I do? Should I listen to him? Should I listen to her? Should I do this or should I do that? Allah will guide him. يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ Allah will take him out of that confusion and bring him into light so that he can see things clearly. He knows what to do and what to avoid. But this guidance is for who? Those who believe. Who have that seed of faith. That burning flame of iman. As long as it is burning, Allah will guide him. A person might say, but those who disbelieve, how does Allah guide them to faith? The fact is that every person who is born, he is born on what? Fitrah. The nature of belief in Allah. Every person has some kind of faith in God. And yes, eventually it weakens or it becomes stronger. But the main lesson is that those people who believe, who turn to Allah, who expect help from Him, then Allah does not abandon them. He guides them. He takes them out of confusion. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Allah will make a way out for him. When we say, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ Allah guides us. So that a person was ignorant before, and Allah gives him knowledge. Awaman kana maitan. The one who was dead. Fa'ahiyaynahu. So we gave him life. Waja'alna lahu nuran yamshi bihi finnas. A person was completely ignorant, had no idea. Allah gave him knowledge. And on the other hand, Walladina kafaru, those people who disbelieve in Allah, awliya'uhumut ta'ud. Their friends are the ta'ud. And what terrible friends to have. Their friends are ta'ud. And these ta'ud, what do they do? يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ The exact opposite. These ta'ud, they take them out of light into darkness. A person had knowledge, but then he becomes like an ignorant one. A person was righteous, and then he becomes a sinful one. A person was guided and he becomes a misguided one. A person was right in what he was doing and now he is wrong in everything that he is doing. Why? Because he did not do kufr of taghut. He befriended the taghut. Those who were calling to other than Allah, he responded to them. He listened to them. So his result is, يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Those are the companions of the fire and they will abide therein eternally. So the one who attains the recognition of Allah is the one who realizes the greatness of Allah. And this person, in times of difficulty, in times of ease, in normal circumstances, also, who does he turn to? Allah. Who is his priority? Allah. And when that is the case, Allah will help him through his life. Allah will help him through all the difficulties. He will lead him to the best way, even when there's so much confusion. And on the other hand, those who get distracted, those who look and turn to other than Allah, those who love others more than they love Allah, then they are in a great danger. And what is that? That the little that they know, they will not act on it. The little good they do, they will soon leave it. أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ
Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي فمن يكفر بالطاغوت ويؤمن بالله فقد استمسك بالعروة الوثقى لانفصام لها والله سميع عليم الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور والذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور إلى الظلمات أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون The thing is that we as human beings need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need Him. Like I mentioned earlier that we are not independent. We need to depend on someone who is greater. But the fact is that Allah is the only one who can protect us and save us. He is the only one worthy of being dependent on. Somebody was sharing with me that our bodies even are not in our control. That we human beings are so weak, we are so helpless, that we don't even have any control over what's going on in our bodies. Now this is the body that we see, this is the body that we feel, this is the body that we can touch, we feel we have control over What about the rest of our lives? What about the rest of our circumstances? We think we have control over that? No, we don't. Whose help do we need? The help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we need Allah. And Ayatul Kursi proves that to us, that we need Allah. That we cannot survive even without Him. We can live a life, okay, but we can't live a good life. We cannot live a peaceful life. We cannot live an enlightened life unless and until we turn to Allah. So those who turn to Allah, Allah is their wali. Allahu waliyu ladina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-zulumati ila nur And waladina kafaru awliya'uhum al-taghut yukhrijunahum min al-nuri ila al-zulumat. Ulaika ashabu al-nar hum fiha khalidun. We listen to the recitation again. لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي فمن يكفر بالطاغوت ويؤمن بالله فقد استمسك بالعروة الوثقى فقد استمسك بالعروة الوثقى لا انفصام لها والله سميع عليم الله ولي الذين آمنوا الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور والذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور إلى الظلمات أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون. Now, we 
we will learn about some examples. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us three examples in the following verses which clarify how those who believe in Allah are guided. And how those who disbelieve in Allah, they are misguided. Those who believe in Allah, no matter what doubt, what question comes to their mind, to their heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still guide them. No matter what they go through, Allah will guide them. Allah will not leave them. But those who disbelieve, those who reject, no matter what is made clear to them, no matter what sign is shown to them, no matter what evidence is presented to them, they do not get guided. Why? Because they are relying upon taghut, and taghut will lead them astray. Allah says, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِي Have you not seen at the one who? Have you not reflected on the one who? حَاجَّ Ibrahim? حَاجَّ He disputed with who? With Ibrahim salam. The word حَاجَّ is from the root letters حَاجِيم جِيم from the word muhajjah, And muhajjah is argument. To argue, to dispute with someone. Any other word that comes from the same root? Hajj. You may wonder what's the connection. Hajja literally means to intend, to aim at. And when you go for hajj, you have an intention. You aim at what? The Kaaba, the Mina, Muzdalifa, Arafah. So you perform the rituals at certain places at certain times. And in argument, what happens? In muhajja, what happens? People, what is their goal? I just have to defeat the other person. No matter what argument I can come up with, I have to defeat them. I have to prove them wrong. So Allah says over here, have you not reflected on the story, on the case of the one who argued with who? With Ibrahim salam. And what was the argument about? Fi Rabbihi, concerning his Lord, meaning concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is this person? This person, he was Nimrud. Namrud. In Arabic, it is with the Fatha on the noon. Namrud. And Namrud was the king of ancient Iraq in Babylon. You were talking about thousands of years ago. And Ibrahim salam, he spoke to him, giving him da'wah, calling him to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Because when you realize the greatness of Allah, then you call others to Allah. So when Ibrahim salam gave him da'wah, called him to the worship of Allah. This man argued with Ibrahim that what is this Lord that you're telling me about? Who is this God that you're telling me about? Because Namrud, he considered himself to be God. In ancient times, you'll see this in many cultures, in many civilizations, that the king was also God. The king was not just the political leader, but also someone who was worshipped by people. People prostrated to him. People asked him, just like Fir'aun. Fir'aun, was he considered God by the people? Yes. So likewise, Namrud was also considered God. Because earlier, the kings had complete control over their people. The people had no freedom of thinking, freedom of expression, nothing whatsoever. Whatever the king said, they obeyed, they blindly followed. And sometimes people were threatened. They were made to fear the king that if you disobey, then such and such will happen, you'll be killed, or these idols are going to harm you. Just like Fir'aun, what did he say? أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى O people, I am your greatest lord. The people of Fir'aun, they were polytheistic, they worshipped multiple gods, but they believed Fir'aun to be the incarnation of some god, of the sun god or something like that. 
So likewise, Namrud also was believed to be God by his subjects. So when Ibrahim called people to the worship of Allah, Namrud obviously did not like that. You know, somebody is talking about something different. How dare he? He's going to corrupt the rest of them. He's going to corrupt the thinking of the rest of them. He's going to make them rebel against me. So he had Ja Ibrahim fi Rabbihi. What was the reason that Namrud dared to argue with Ibrahim concerning Allah? The reason was an that Atahullahu Allah had given to him Al Mulk, the kingdom. This man, Namrud, Allah had given him kingship. Allah had blessed him with a very high position in society. He was the king. And because of that great position, because of that great status, he was deceived into thinking that he was the most powerful person. There was no one more powerful than him. In Surah Alaq, Ayah 6 and 7, Allah says, كَلَّا إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَيَطُغَى أَرْرَآهُ اسْتَغْنَى That indeed the human being, he rebels. Why? Because he thinks himself to be very rich and self-sufficient. You know, people they say, I don't need to pray, I'm fine. I'm okay the way I am. I need something, I'll go work, I'll make money, I'll get it myself. I don't need to prostrate before God. People don't go for hajj, they don't go for umrah. Why? Because they think they're perfectly fine. They don't need to beg Allah for forgiveness. They don't fast, they don't give charity because they think they're okay. So, what causes a person to rebel? Thinking that I am great. Thinking that I am powerful. So likewise, Namrud was deceived by his kingship, by his authority. So in his argument, he said, إِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ When Ibrahim salam he said to Namrud, that Rabbi, my Lord, is Alladi, the one who yuhyi, he gives life, wa yumitu, and he also gives death. Namrud said, I am God. Ibrahim a.s. is trying to prove to him that no, God is Allah. And Allah, my Lord, is the one who gives life and also gives death. And you, Namrud, can't do that. But Namrud, what was his response? Qala, he said, Ana uhyi wa umid. I give life and I give death. Look at how proud he was that he said such a statement. That no, 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 it is me who gives life and who gives death. Whereas in reality, who is Al-Hayy and Al-Qayyum? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why did the Murud say this, that I give life and death? It is said that he had two prisoners come in. One of them he had killed and the other he spared his life. So he said, look, I gave life to one of them and I gave death to one of them. I have so much power. Or that he said this lie to deceive people. That no, no, when people live, when they die, it's because of me, my power. He was deceiving others. Obviously, he had said many lies to deceive the people. So he said, Ana wa umit. This is just like Fir'aun. He said, Ma alimtu lakum min ilahin ghayri. He said, Oh my people, I do not know of any God except for myself. The only God I know is me. So Namrud also said, Ana wa umit. Ibrahim salam said, this man, it's useless trying to argue with him. So he gave him another evidence. Qala Ibrahim, Ibrahim salam said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ Then indeed Allah yati, He comes بِالشَّمْسِ with the sun. Atabi means to bring. So yati بِالشَّمْسِ Meaning he brings the sun مِنَ الْمَشْرِقِ From the east. Allah causes the sun to rise from the east. And if you say you're God, then fati, then you should bring biha min al-maghrib from the west. 
If you say you're God, then you'll bring the sun out from the west. So Namrud فَبُهِتَ الَّذِي kafar. He was dumbfounded. He had no answer. He was made speechless. Like they say in Britain, he was flabbergasted. Buhita bahata. And buhita is from bahat. And bahat is to be overwhelmed. That when a person is shocked, he is astonished, he is bewildered, and he's so shocked that not even a word is coming out of his mouth. So fabuhita ladhi kafal. It's like his jaw dropped. And it's like, what do I say now? He didn't know what to say. He couldn't defend himself. He had nothing to say to Ibrahim to refute his argument. فَبُهِتَ الَّذِي كَفَرَ الَّذِي كَفَرَ The one who disbelieved is who? Namrud. He was shocked. He was made speechless. He was unable to comment. Allah says, وَاللَّهُ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ And Allah does not guide the wrongdoing people. What do we see over here? That Namrud... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with kingship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with the opportunity to be guided even. How? That Ibrahim salam, he is the one who called him to Allah. But because Namrud was Tawud himself, he made others worship him, he made others obey and follow him, and he listened to Tawud. As a result, no matter how clear the truth was to him, did he accept it? No. Did he accept it? Not at all. Why? Because those who turn to Taghut, they are misguided. They could be in nur, they could see the clear light, they could see the plain truth, but yet they will not accept it. Yet they'll be in darkness. Because Taghut will take them out of nur into darkness. So those who don't want to accept the truth, they will come up with the most useless arguments, the most useless proofs and evidences. So that the truth, even though it is clear, they don't accept it. And the same was the case with Namrud. But we learn a very important lesson from the example of Ibrahim over here. That when he was calling Namrud, what did he call him to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we are doing da'wah to people, we start with refuting people's practices and people's culture, like this Halloween that you celebrate, look at you, what are you doing, you're being so foolish, you know, you should be a Muslim. That's not the way to do da'wah. Likewise, we fall into random interfaith debates and dialogues. We talk about women's rights issues, we talk about equality of men and women in Islam, and we try to convince people that the inheritance system of Islam is the best. But you know what? Even if you make them understand that Islam is the best religion, if you don't make them understand Tawheed, they're not going to accept. When doing da'wah, you have to call people to Allah. Ibrahim salam did not discuss any political or social issues with him, that you are oppressing the people, and you are harming the people, and you're lying to them, and you're deceiving them, you're not God. No, Ibrahim salam didn't do that. Ibrahim salam got to the point Allahu la ilaha illahu. And this is exactly what people need to be called to. Many times parents are worried about their children. Or people are worried about their friends. Young people are worried about their friends. That my friend doesn't want to pray. She doesn't want to fast. She's doing this wrong. She's doing that wrong. No matter what I tell her, she doesn't listen. You know why? Because the belief in Allah is weak. There is no realization of Allah's greatness. 
So when a person will recognize Allah, Allahu la ilaha illahu, then everything will follow after. Ibrahim salam, in the way that he argued with Namrud, he was so wise. He didn't degrade him, he didn't humiliate him, he didn't talk in a demeaning way at all. No, he made him use his mind. That my Lord is the one who gives life and give death. He didn't say, oh, you don't give life and you don't give death. He said that my Lord is the one who brings a son from the east. You try to bring it from the west. So our purpose should be to make the other understand the truth. Not to defeat them, not to insult and humiliate them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that وَجَادِلْهُمْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنٍ That when you argue with people, argue in a manner that is أَحْسَنٍ In a manner that is best. Because the moment you start attacking people, then they become defensive. So don't attack. Make them question. Make them think. So for example, this Halloween, don't tell people, oh you're imitating the kuffar, and you're doing something haram, and all of that. No, don't say that. Make them question. What are we doing in this? We're dressing up like witches, like animals. We're begging before people. Make them use their own mind so they realize themselves, oh, this is not worth my time. They realize the truth themselves. The one who will want the truth, the one who will genuinely seek the truth, he will find it. And the one who does not want it, then you're not held responsible for them. Also another important thing that we learn here is that when someone gets stuck on small issues, like is getting off track, is going off track, right? You're mentioning something in a particular way and they misunderstand you deliberately or they give it another meaning. Like Ibrahim when he said Allah gives life and death, he didn't mean that he spares the life of some and he kills others. No, he meant something different. But Namrud, he put it in a different way. The refutation that he gave, it was a completely different thing. So when people are going off track, then what should you do? What should you do? Get stuck in that? No. Switch. Bring another proof. Bring another evidence. Because it's not worth your time. And if you get stuck on that first thing, then you'll get nowhere at all.